Hey, hey, everybody. This is Allison Kaskowski. Welcome to this edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope that wherever you are on this Tuesday morning, that you're doing something positive for yourself um, and that you're doing something with the care of yourself first in mind. I really appreciate um, your support. Um, I love getting comments and hearing from all of you. I get emails from so many of you saying that whatever it is that I talk about or whatever guest I'm talking about, that it just, it, it was perfectly timely for you. And I so appreciate that. I always want to leave my door open and invite whomever wishes to contact me to please feel free to do that. And so with that said, I would like, to, I'm really excited about my guest today. Um, and I don't, I think I really have to remind everybody about the state of the world right now and where we are um, in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic. I think for a lot of people, uh, there are, are a lot of a lot of things that have come up for them that they realize they need to work on. Also, I always like to frame any challenge in the context that it's a perfect opportunity for you to really work on strengthening your inner resolve. Because to me. What self-care really is, the biggest piece of that is the personal responsibility piece, the piece that wants you to rise up and become a much better version of yourself. So I'm really excited about my guest today. Um, She and I were able to connect online not too long ago, um, and we have a lot of the same interests. So I'm really excited to have her here with me today so that we can have a conversation. Uh, The last couple of two weeks ago, if you have not had a chance to listen to my past episode on wash your hands, wash your mind, I would really recommend that you go back and do that. And even if you've listened to it already, maybe listening to it again might clarify some of the points that Lisa and I are going to talk about today. My guest today is Lisa Baker. She is a health coach. And like I said, we connected online not too long ago. We have a lot of the same interests. She does a lot of coaching with women over the age of 40 um, with her primary specialty area a lot in working with women in nonprofit work. Um, she's in the middle of working on a brand new course, which I'll let her tell, tell us about, you know, focusing on this concept of burnout and feeling like, you know, we all, this is always a good time for all of us to make a change. So Lisa Baker, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Allison. It's great to be here. Outstanding. So. I just want to sort of remind my audience, you know, that, you know, we met online, you know, we connected online and you were particularly intrigued with my episode from a couple of weeks ago because you said that a lot of what you do, I love what you said, how you say this, you references, reference it as mental hygiene. Why don't you kind of tell me a little bit about more about what you mean by that? Yes, your your episode title, Wash Your Hands, Wash Your Mind, just really jumped out at me because it was I was right in the process of launching my own podcast. And in there, the very first five episodes really are about mental hygiene. Like during the pandemic, what can we do to, as you say, wash your brain? Uh-huh. Uh, so it just really leaped out at me when I saw that. And I just thought it, it was such an interesting connection. And you and I talk about a lot of the same things. Uh, awesome. I've been blogging for years and a lot of your topics just really resonated with me. All right. Awesome. So why don't you kind of tell my audience a little bit about your philosophy of this mental hygiene? Because I think, you know, we're all so concerned about washing our hands and wiping everything down. And, but we forget that a lot of what we can do to really keep ourselves healthy comes from the inside out. Yes. And I, I, I like to joke that, you know, the, the CDC recommendations really sort of come down to 
listen to your mother, right? Your mother told you to wash your hands and, you know, don't cough on people and (laughs) don't Uh put your nose and things like that. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, mom had a lot to say about those, those physical things that we can do about our personal hygiene. I don't know about other people. My mom did not talk a lot about mental hygiene, as I call it. Uh, sort of your mindset and how you can uh, exert some influence on what you're thinking about. I I don't like to really say control your thoughts because to me that sounds very um, very masculine. I like to, to find a better word for that. I haven't quite landed on it yet, but just really influence what you're thinking about when something happens to you. I think in general we tend to react rather than to respond. I absolutely agree happen with to that. Us. Yeah. And I think that if we can just learn to pause before responding, then it really is a response much more than a reaction. And especially right now when there is so much craziness going on around us with this pandemic, just really trying to help people figure out how can they take a pause? How can they reframe some of the things that are going through their heads? So that's really what I mean by mental hygiene. Yeah, I like that. I really, I think that's a, a phrase that we're probably going to hear a whole lot more about, you know, going forward. Yeah. So tell me more about when you say take a pause, when you, when you advise someone to take a pause, what are you asking them to do? It's really a request for them to be present uh, more than anything else. And uh, right now I see a lot of people justifiably worried about the future Um, And thinking, you know, where am I going to be a month from now? Will I be able to pay my bills? What's going to happen to my mortgage? And they're thinking, you know, they're thinking in the future. And Eckhart Holly always says, you know, you, the the future is not going to be something that you control, and the past is not something that you can change. Stay in the present and try to figure out what is the problem right now, because very often you'll discover that the problem right now isn't as big as you're making it out to be. Yeah. The way we can stay present really, it starts with breath work, I think, just learning to stop and take a pause. And there are, of course, different breathing exercises you can do. The the one thing I just recommend is, you know, just take a really deep belly breath when you're feeling triggered, when you're feeling like the anxiety spiral is starting up, taking a deep breath and really doing that sort of yoga breathing where you think about, you know, filling up your stomach and then your chest and then releasing it from your chest and then your stomach. And just that will get you in a better state. Yeah, it's so funny that you bring in the breath work because, um, you know, in some of the group fitness classes that I teach on a regular basis at the, at the end of our workout, you know, and we have our meditation piece, I'm always talking about how literally we have to reset our bodies like we recharge our electronics at the end of the day. Yes, yeah. And, you so, know, and we don't think about... Reboot. <laughs> And we don't think about the power of, of exactly what breath can actually do for us, you know, and honestly, I mean, I'll, I'll just be straight up with you for a long time. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, (laughs) all that on a logical level, you know, on an intellectual level, I get that, but does it really actually work? And once I, once I really started doing it more in my personal practice, I was like, yeah, this works. I'm, 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 I'm good with this now. So why don't you tell, why don't we talk a little bit about what exactly would you, what exactly is your approach when it comes to teaching mental hygiene? Like, like let's, let's talk practicality for a minute. Practicality. Um, I think what it comes down to for me very often is asking some really simple questions. So the first one, like I said, is what is the problem right now? 
Uh And the problem right now is very often not as huge as we are thinking because we're thinking 20 steps ahead. Uh, I shared with you earlier that my daughter is currently studying in Germany during this pandemic. And, Uh you know, every few weeks we kind of had to check in and say, "Mm, what's the right decision? Should we bring her home? Should we not bring her home? Should we leave her there? And so it's always trying to bring it back to like, what is the best information you can gather right now? And what's the best decision you can make based on that information rather than thinking, you know, three months from now, four months from now, she needs to be back in the States because she's got to start her senior year. And, and, you know, when you start thinking that way, it's like, oh gosh, we better bring her home as soon as possible. (laughs) Yeah. And so it doesn't inform your decision in the best way possible. So really asking what is the problem right now and then figuring out what is the next right step. And the next right step has to be informed by the best information you can collect right now. And then I think the most important question is who can help me with this? And this comes straight from my daughter's freshman orientation in college where they they interviewed a bunch of people who were up on the stage and they were sort of representative of every division of that college that a student might potentially interact with. And each person said who they were, what they did. And if your student has a question about this, then I'm the one they come to. And at the very end, the dean said, you know what? You've been parenting these kids for 18 years. You need to let go now. And the two things that they're going to learn to do while they're here is ask two questions. And one is, what do I want to do? And the second one is, who can help me? Yeah, And I think we tend to think we have to deal with this all by ourselves when Uh there's so much at our fingertips, you know, your podcast, your blog, your exercise classes online. There are so many things like that available to us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really not a one size fits all for people. You know, it's, it's, I think people have to find the right formula of what works for them. But I think even with that being said, you bring up an excellent point where people don't realize how much control they actually have over the choices that they can make. Right. Yes. We are very used to looking outside of ourselves for the answers to just about anything. You know, if we decide like, oh, I really should figure out the best way to eat. We go out and we buy a book. We look online. We go to the biggest diet guru of the day. (laughs) Instead of getting in touch with our our own inner wisdom about what feels right and what doesn't feel right for us. And I think when we do take information from the outside and it doesn't work for us, we don't blame the outside information. We tend to blame ourselves like, oh my gosh, why can't I eat this way? I should be able to be vegan. How come I can't be vegan? What's my problem? And there's this sort of judgment spiral that goes into it that is so unhelpful. Well, and I think too, I think it just, you bring up another excellent point too, with respect to, you know, washing your mind and the mental hygiene piece is that, you know, we have to remember that, and a colleague of mine has a saying, she says, thoughts are just sentences in your mind. That's all they are. Yes. And, you know, we get, what we get fired up about is the emotion behind the thoughts and the emotion is what actually drives us to do things. And for so many people that, you know, aren't aware or don't really have the skills necessarily to be able to come up with a practice for themselves every day so that they can stay in the present, like what you were saying. Yes. Yeah. And when you, when you talk about that, it reminds me so much of the work of Byron Katie. I'm sure you probably know her. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of what you were just saying really brought back her work, which is really pointing out that the emotions you're experiencing are not based on what's going on around you. They're based on what your 
your mind is taking in as reality. So I like to say that, you know, your reality is actually just your interpretation of reality. And it's funny because my, my original training was as a foreign language teacher Uh and it re and I grew up bilingual. And so I have this background in languages that always makes me think about how much language determines how we interpret reality and if that's true, then, you know, you can change your language and change your reality. Right. And so a lot of the work I do with my clients has to do with, uh, it, it's really a form of neuro-linguistic programming, which is let's, let's change your perception of reality by changing your language about it. Well, and, so and a lot of your language, though, has to do with how you're feeling and where you are mentally at the time. You can almost sense it when you, when you, if you're really tuned in to listening to what somebody says. Yes. Yeah. And it's really often, it, it boils down to word choice. Um, there are all these examples of, you know, in, in the business world, especially about, you know, if you say something and use the word, but in the middle it's a very different energy from using the word and. So there was this whole movement about yes and. So, uh-huh. you know, somebody says something and your first instinct is to say, but, 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 you know, right. Right. <laughs> if you were to change that to yes and something else, right. then it, it really allows those two realities to coexist. Even if it doesn't feel like reality to you, it's somebody else's reality. And if you can acknowledge that that exists at the same time, then you're much further down the road to some sort of a compromise or a collaboration. Wow. That's really, that's just, that's really profound, but it's so much. <laughs> and so simple. So because. <laughs> This is why I think today when people are struggling and they don't feel like people hear them or they don't feel like, you know, their, their feelings and their thoughts are being honored, it's, it's because of that disconnect. It's because of the energy behind the words that they choose. I really, I really believe that's part of it. Yes. And I think that that energetic piece is really important. I always, when I work with my clients, the simplest example I use with parents, especially is, you know, if you tell you, if you're frustrated with your child and you tell this child, I love you, but you're driving me crazy. There's a very different energy. If you say, I really love you and you're driving me crazy right now. Uh-huh. It, it really allows those two things to exist because if you use, but you've basically told the child, I love you, but I don't really love you because you're driving me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like we, we want it, We want to have it so many different ways because, yeah. and, it, and, and behind all that, I think for so many people is the, the missing, what my mom used to call inner resources, the missing inner resources to know that, you know, even though, even though you may not have the answer in the moment that if you trust and have faith that you'll figure out the answer. I love that word inner resources. It, it really brings to mind what's going on right now in the world because there are so many people who are just, you know, drowning in loneliness and disconnection. And, and I always tell people, you know, there's a really big difference between being lonely and being alone. Right. And the alone is the one, you know, that person has that inner life, those inner resources to deal with being isolated. Uh-huh. And the person who is lonely is the one who is lacking those inner resources. Right. And they're, and instead of focusing on maybe treating this time as an opportunity to up-level who they are, yeah. just they're consumed with what they don't have. Yes. <laughs> it's funny. I, I work with a lot of people who do elimination diets. And when they contemplate giving up something like gluten, the only thing they can think about is everything in the world that they will no longer be able to eat. Yes. And when I, you know, when I tell them, you know what, there are actually only three things in the world that naturally contain gluten. 
only three, wheat, rye, and barley. Those are the only three things where you will find gluten. Think about all the things you can eat, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, meats, fish, poultry. It's like, what? It's a whole wide world out there. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's just, and really what it comes down to is, is just, it's a shift in your perspective because the day your perspective can be your biggest ally. Yes. Yeah. And it really does have to do with what you, what you just said, which is how are you treating this time? How are you treating this pandemic? Are you thinking about all the things it's taken away from you or are you treating it as something positive? Like what, what does this pandemic and this isolation make possible for you? Yes. And I think that's a really good question to ask. And I know a lot of people think, oh, that's a terrible question to ask because I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's just, and it's just, it's because, you know, you know, uh, one of my other colleagues, um, he's actually part of my mastermind group. He, he always reminds us when some of us, you know, go and go down a rabbit hole for whatever reason. And, and I'll just be completely transparent. I mean, it, it happens to me too. I'm not trying to say. Oh, absolutely. But, <laughs> He always says, you know, what you focus on is what you get more of. Yeah. You keep focusing on what you think you're missing or what you think you're not having or what somebody's taken away from you, then everything that you see in your world is going to be reflective of that. Yes. It's really, it's like the saying that, you know, whatever energy you put out into the universe is what you're going to get back. Yes. Yeah. Very much. Like you attract what you put out there. Yes, totally. And, And it's not even, it's not even a matter of, just getting up one day and decide this is what I'm going to do. Okay. Universe, bring it to me. (laughs) There still has to be, there still has to be action behind that. Yes. Problem. I think for so many people, they misunderstand that as to just focusing all their efforts on the doing piece of that rather than sometimes just sitting and processing what that actually means to you. And to use your word, if you take a minute and give yourself a pause then instead of immediately going to an action step, you might end up doing something completely different. But if you don't give yourself that pause, you never figure out what that is. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's too much of a reaction rather than a response. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I think a response and that pause and that response give you the opportunity to take positive action. And the opposite is just reaction. You just automatically default to, oh, got to do something about this. Yeah. So what would, what would you say... Or, or things that you do on a regular basis. Not, I mean, and you know, if, if it helps you to leave your professional hat on here for a moment, that's fine. But let's think about like Lisa, the mother, the friend, the colleague, you know, what are some things that you do on a, a regular basis that you find are really beneficial for you when it comes to self? Mm, I love that question. One thing that I do for myself, and I also preach to my clients is that we talk about self-care a lot. It's become a real buzzword. And Uh in its original sense, I think it's a beautiful word. I think for a lot of people, it's become one more thing that we have to do. It's one more thing on the to-do list. And so I like to sort of flip it and I call it soul care. And I say, you know, self-care is what Cosmo is telling you to do. And soul care is what the cosmos is asking of you. So it's really like find those things that nourish you, that feed you, and they don't have to be what nourish, what nourishes or feeds your next door neighbor, your best friend, your mother. Find the thing that really works for you. 
and don't make it into a to-do list. <laughs> yeah. So for me personally, and this is going to sound absolutely crazy, but I get up at four in the morning and I've been doing that since I had small children because I realized that it was the only time where I'm not mommy, I'm not honey, I'm not hey you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I yeah. have two solid hours where I can do whatever I want. Now I have a morning routine and I want to caution people that Again, don't let that idea of, I need to have a morning routine, um, should is one of those words that makes me crazy. Like, it's a big I, I trigger word for me. More. Just stop shooting all over yourself. You right, know? totally. Yeah, so what I really urge my clients to do and what I try to do also is to create what I call a soul care container. And so it's a little container of time. For me, insane as, you know, as it is, mine is from four to six in the morning. And within that time, I can choose to do whatever feels right for me that day. One day, it might be yoga. One day, it might be strength training. Uh, one day, it may be meditation. It might be journaling. It might be just making myself a really nice breakfast and sitting down and reading a, a really good book while I eat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and just knowing that you have that container and then have a list of things that nourish you and pick one or two. You don't have to yeah. do them all every single day. So that's well, and really, I think we get yeah. we get so focused on we get so focused on getting things done on the list. And honestly, you know, for a long time that was how I operated. And in, and if I'm being completely truthful, you know, there's a big piece of me that someday still finds myself doing that. I just absolutely I, I calendar. <laughs> you know, I still like to write things down. I mean, that's to me that's that's just always worked for me. But what I've realized is, is that, and probably really more so over the last probably year or two, is that just because you're doing things doesn't always mean that you're getting things done. Yes. Beautifully put. <laughs> you know? Yes. You can get yeah. to the end of the day and think, my gosh, I was so busy all day, but what did I actually accomplish? Uh, no. <laughs> and, we can, and I think, unfortunately, I think our society really lends itself to, it's almost like, you know, I think I talked about this on a past episode. I can't remember exactly which one, but it's like we wear, it's like, well, I worked a 12 hour day today and I didn't take time for lunch and I did this and this and this. It's like we wear that as a badge of honor. Yes. I see that with sleep. What I can too. do. I and, only and I do hours. it better than anybody else, even though, never mind, I can't do anything for myself because I'm too busy. I have this responsible job. And, and that's the narrative that we've sold ourselves. Yes. And if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Right. And I think totally. that is really, really problematic for women in, in general and for mothers in particular. Yes. Um, we are so used to backburnering everything yes. for us. I love that word, backburnering. I'm just... <laughs> it's a nerb. It comes from my language background. Any, any, you know, <laughs> any verb that used to be a noun, like, like calendar, no, I love it. It makes calendar so and lunch. It. <laughs> it's, it's the total truth though, because yes. I cannot tell you how many people I talk to on a regular basis and they say, well, if I don't do it, it won't get done right. Or I've asked my husband or I've asked my daughter or I've asked my friend, you know, colleague, yeah. and it still won't get done. So I guess I'll just do it. it it'll yes. Take <laughs> it takes a less time if I do it than if I explain it to somebody else. Yes. Say, I, I think so that's what you're saying true. is, is that doing anything for your, you, you still feel like doing things for other people is more important because that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. I had a really wise restaurant management teacher at another, another career in my life, which was in, in the food world. Um, and he said, you know, if you make yourself irreplaceable, you make yourself unpromotable. 
And wow. yeah, that comes awesome. back. I love that. To, isn't that great? It comes back to me when I talk to mothers in particular, because, you know, if you are the one who, the only one who can do laundry and clean the house and cook dinner and do the dishes, guess what? You will do them forever. Right. <laughs> Sometimes well, we really you have to let go. We do often. Yes. No, and you I have mean, to let go of the idea of perfection. Like, okay, so if the child makes his bed and it looks terrible, so what? You know? Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, I love that. If you make yourself irreplaceable, you'll make yourself unpromotable. I'm yes. Steal that. One steal that. Awesome. Steal that. Please do. <laughs> well, because, you know, we're told, we're told as women, and I mean, in, tra- in transparency, I think men are told this too, you know, depending on what, what work you choose, you know, you're, we're told, well, you want to do everything right. You know, you want to make sure that they notice that you're making a contribution. And, you know, we get so caught up in, you know, what might happen that we forget about what's, what's actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, and it's just, it, it's all about, you know, keeping ourselves in the right frame of mind. So yes, it's all about mindset. So what would you, before we wrap up, what would you, let's say there's somebody out there listening who is really interested in a lot of this and they know that obviously I've been thinking about things in the wrong light. What, what would you say to that person to just help them get started for themselves today? I think the the simplest thing that I could tell them is something, a way that we can really register, like get back in touch with our inner wisdom about what's going to work for us and what isn't. And you can do this with food. You can do it with workouts. You can do it with people, like anything. It's called the sway test. And so if I were to give you a list of food and say, you know, broccoli, oranges, spinach, beef, liver. You know? yeah. If I were to read you a list of foods and you find yourself going, oh yes, you know, and leaning in, that is your body saying yes uh-huh. to that food. You know? And if you hear the word liver and go, and back away, that is your body saying, no thanks. You know? Yeah. So you will find that some people actually like liver. Like I like liver. Yeah, my mother, my mother loves it. It's one <laughs> yes. of her favorites too. Yeah. And so just recognizing that when you lean in and your body sways towards something, I like to call that a full body yes. That's like, yes, give uh-huh. me that. Give me what she's got. You know? Yeah. And if you're leaning away and thinking, ugh, no, then your body is saying no. See what happens if you actually listen to your body. So for example, if you are somebody who, um, my kids call them the moms who live at school, you know, (laughs) Uh if you are that mom and people ask you to volunteer because you always say yes, the next time somebody asks you to volunteer, are you leaning in and thinking, oh yeah, that is something I want to do? Or are you leaning out and saying, oh God, I really can't, I just cannot drive another carpool, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, Then listen to your body. And don't be afraid to say no when you're leaning away, because there are lots of ways that you can say no gracefully. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so just try to, first of all, catch yourself leaning in or leaning away. Just that awareness is your first key. Like, oh, that's my inner wisdom talking. The next step is, okay, how do I say no if I want to say no? But the first thing is always awareness, like learn what is your mindset? What are you thinking about? How are your thoughts influencing your emotions? Yeah, totally. I just think that so many people, they think it's a big, complicated process. And 
you know, and, and if you're not used to saying no, I mean, my mom always said that's a learned skill, you know, yes. <laughs> practice doing it, you know, and, absolutely. And, it, and sometimes when you say it, you know, you can get this, this, you know, I mean, picture it, you can get the sweaty palms, heart the nausea, chest, and the whole thing. The, but the reality of that is that nobody else sees that and notices that but you. Yes. I, I like to say that it's sort of the way I talk to my teenagers. <laughs> yeah. They are just completely obsessed with a decision that they have to make about something that they are going to do because what are people going to do? Yeah. And I always say to them, well, if you're this obsessed thinking about other people thinking about you, what are they doing? Yeah. They're obsessing about themselves in the same way you are. They don't have time to think about you. <laughs> yeah. So well, I that, think we're all, we're always we're so worried about the reaction that we're going to get from people. Yes. Yeah. Own reaction. And and really thinking about, you know, if you say no, what's the worst thing they're going to do? They're never going to ask you to volunteer again. Well, that might not be a bad thing, right? Yeah, that actually might be a blessing in disguise, right? Yes, always look for why something is happening for you and not to you. Yes, exactly. Well, life is happening for all of us, whether we want to admit it or not. Yes, the universe never may not makes be a mistake. happening in the way that we think, you know? Yeah. Well, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad that you were able to join me. Where can people find you? People can find me most easily on my website, which is simplyhealthcoaching.com. And before we even started the conversation, one of the first things you said was, oh, people make things so complicated. They do. <laughs> and, you know, simply is the first word in my business. Sim- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> simply health coaching. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I will make sure that that is in the show notes. Um, is there anything that you're working on now or anything that you want people to know about? I am working on a program that is for women in mission-driven work. So if you consider your work mission-driven, whether you are you know, a stay-at-home mom can be mission-driven, right? <laughs> stay-at-home moms, non-profiteers, uh, volunteers, anyone who thinks of their work as having sort of higher meaning than just making a profit, just know that burnout is more likely in your world than it is in the corporate world. So that's, that's the people I'm working on a program for right now. And in general, I do one-on-one and group coaching and I have a podcast and a blog. You can find me all over the place. Outstanding. Very good. I will make sure all of that is in the show notes. So if any of my listeners out there, I want to connect with you. They will have all that information. So I am so glad that we were able to work this out. This has been super fun. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. We'll have to get you back, you know, when all, when the, or maybe when we start to emerge on the other side of this and. Yes, and we can have another conversation. <laughs> yeah, totally. Cause I think mental hygiene, the concept of mental hygiene, I think is something we're going to be talking about a lot more. Yeah. And I'm totally stealing your wash your brain yeah. expression. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I really appreciate uh, your support out there. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. If you're on Facebook, please reach out to me. Um, you're more than welcome to join my private community, Living Your Ultimate Life Through Fitness and Self-Care, where we discuss all aspects of self-care, health, fitness, nutrition, travel and leisure, mindset, all of it, because it all is all goes to how you take care of yourself. And when you take care of yourself, you always show up as a better version of yourself. Um, If you're not on Facebook, please find my website at cufitness.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, fitness.com, and click contact us and send me an email. 
I always love hearing from you. If something really resonates with you, if there's something you really want to hear me talk more about, then please let me know that. I'm always open to your feedback and your suggestions. This is Allison Kaskowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life. Make it a good one.